Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, I'm Poppy Cox, and you're listening to the Wheel Suckers Podcast with Alex and Jenny. Welcome to Wheel Suckers, brought to you by Look Mum No Hands and the London Bike Kitchen. Look Mum No Hands is a cycle, cafe, bar, workshop on 49 Old Street, London. We serve coffee, bikes and beer and food. And what do you do, London Bike Kitchen? London Bike Kitchen is a do-it-together bike workshop located in Hackney, and we teach people how to fix their own bikes through classes, drop-in sessions, and our women and gender variant wag nights. I'm your captain, Alex. I do social media marketing and events for Look Mom No Hands, and I'm joined by my stoker. Stoke, stoke, stoke! <laughs> Say your name! My name's Jenny. <laughs> uh, I'm the director and the janitor at London Bike Kitchen. Good combo. <laughs> yeah, and everything in between. <laughs> I love you do that thing where they're like, can I speak to the manager? And you're like, I am the manager. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Jenny? So I just got back from a cycle tour through Belgium with my best friend from high school. Amazing. Um, yeah, it was her idea. She's never ridden a bike before. <laughs> I mean, how did that go? The, she's done like triathlons and stuff, but she's not ever cycle toured. She's not ever commuted with bike. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. And I built up two bikes, um, brought them down with me on Eurostar. Eurostar, great, by the way. Fucking great for bikes. They're really friendly, really nice, um, reasonably priced. And we hung out in Brussels for a bit with my friend Francois, who is a messenger, runs, runs a company called Hush Rush. And I did an interview with him, which we will listen to. We're going to play it for you now. Hey guys, I'm in Belgium right now, and I have a very special guest. Could you please tell me your name and what you do? Okay, so uh, I'm Francois from Brussels, Belgium. I'm a bicycle messenger and the owner of the company named Ashrush in Brussels. Can you tell me why and how you got started? At the beginning, I bought my first bike uh, for going to work because I couldn't stand going by public transportation. Too crowdy, too smelly, too... To never on time so I bought a bicycle to going to work after that uh, I went to a bike race to to meet people to start to know how was the scene in Brussels 
against uh, all thinking, I don't know, uh, I won this race, then I continue to, to ride. <laughs> That's how it started. And then how did you get into doing messengering? I think I I discovered it with uh, like, uh, videos or movies. Like, what is it? Quicksilver? Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon. Perfect. I still can't do this. I can still can cannot dance with my bike, no. but <laughs> not yet. Yeah, and then I, I met some guys in Brussels. The first one, the, um, the owner of Pedal Bake Sale with another company. I met him and I think that, yeah, it would be nice to work on a bicycle. <laughs> then I tried to work for them. It didn't work. So we make our own job. Nice. What's the courier scene like in Brussels? The courier scene in Brussels is small. What do you mean by small, though? How many? We say we are about 20 working messengers in Brussels. Wow. In, like, four companies. Okay. There are two really, really small, like us, who made more express deliveries. And there are two a little bigger with, like, cooperative. But they made, like, more tour and cargo deliveries and stuff. Not really express. Gotcha. So it's pretty small scene, but it's growing and people getting some interest into it. So mm. it's starting to get better and better. So tell me about the race that you did yesterday then. Because uh, that's part of the scene, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, it's a f really funny race. It started yeah, four years ago, three what, years ago. What was it? What race? Was uh, it, it was an Alicat. It was an Alicat named uh, the King of Brussels. And it's actually a guy working with me. His name is Atara, and he came from Finland. And arriving here, he, he is a super good messenger, super old-school messenger. And uh, he decided to throw a race. But when you are into cycling and into messenger scene, you would know that if someone throws a race in my city, I need to represent my city. So the first one, I won it, and then the... Um, the principle is simple, the one who won organized the next one. So it's been like three years, and uh, we are about 12 or 13 races, about three or four per, per year. Do you keep winning them? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I win four of them. <laughs> but um, You won yesterday's though. I won yesterday, yeah. So you have to organize the next one. Yeah. The most difficult is I want somebody from my team win it, but I can't help them. So I made race against them to let other people win. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've delivered? Uh, that's a tough one because we deliver so many weird things. Um, List them. Okay. We deliver dead, dead animals for movies, for, for shooting. We also deliver living animals like uh, cats, twice, chicken. Uh, uh, no, once, but two chicken. So, and there's a video. Yeah, there is oh, video. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you can post it. <laughs> we deliver a lot of stuff we don't know <laughs> because like so, secret. Yeah, some don't people. Ask. Yeah, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't say where it come from. Somebody. Sometimes we have to deliver this kind of stuff that every day. Dodgy. Yeah, but it's my job. I don't <laughs> care. I, I, I'm just here to go from one place to another <laughs> and get stuff delivered. We deal every day with license plate, which is funny to get license plate delivered by bike, but why not? Is yeah. there any other delivery that stands out to you? Like it's always a pleasure to deliver flowers. 
flowers. It's super nice to deliver because people are so happy when you give it the bouquet and stuff. Yeah, so you hear that, everyone? You can deliver me flowers. It's cheap, it's beautiful, and it's light to deliver. So <laughs> it's always a good point. So well, what's your nickname? <laughs> My nickname is OAB. Stands for One Harmed Bandit, which is um, one of the, the name of the album of Jagged Jesus, but also the slot machine. Because as a messenger, we take your money and write. That's maybe uh, you you know because you know me, uh, but it also stands because I have just one moving harm. So this, there is a real reason behind <laughs> this nickname. Actually, it's not just a joke. <laughs> because of that, though, like what sick mods have you done to your bike? At the beginning, I was riding uh, only fixed gear, and. Um, the guy who, who was um, b- a bike shop owner told me that, yeah, I can give you this, this new handlebar, but only if you uh, agree that I cut it in half. <laughs> because you don't need the left part. And I said, yeah, that's okay, that's true. Just cut it and give it to I me for free. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was for fixed gear. And then after, for my road bike, I make a lot of changes with gears, with shifters. I put like a friction shifters on the left side of my stem to go on the big ring. I put um, on my mountain bike, it's a two hydraulic brake on the right side. Um, two, the two lever? Yeah, the two lever on the right side. I also got this on my cargo bike, like this I have um, a good braking system with one hand. Yeah, that's pretty hit. I didn't find the right solution for road racing, but You'll it will it. come, yeah, yeah. one day. <laughs> And then the last question is, what do you think of Brexit? I don't really know. I think it's not a good idea because uh, I think we are stronger together. But it's not just for politics. It stands for a lot of things. But um, I'm curious, so I want to know what you're going to do. And I want to know how this shit's going to evolve. Francois is a cool bro. He's a very, very nice person and really interesting and it was fun hanging out he showed us around brussels and then we rode to ghent and we didn't stay there we just slept there and then rode straight to bruges and the it's really nice we basically took canal paths all the way through and it's just really nice not really having to ride in much traffic at all so it was really good for my friend because she doesn't have that experience and it was like a nice way to ease into Tell me about the beers that you drank. Oh, God. <laughs> I want your best, your worst, and maybe one in the middle. The best beer was actually, we went to this uh, tiny little beer pub in Bruges, and we actually asked them, what is your best beer? And they had, they said, well, we actually have the best beer in the world. Oh, the is it the in... Delirium? No, no, no. It's a Trappist beer. Um, okay. And I have it upstairs. Do you? But it has no label. It comes from an, an abbey. Amazing! Um, it's like brewed by alcoholic drunks, uh, monks, alcoholic monks, <laughs> <laughs> alcoholic drunk monks. West Vletteren Brewery. I'll put a link below. Um, West West Vletteren Brewery, and it is delicious. It is beautiful. It's well rounded and has great mouthfeel. Um, <laughs> Did it make you cry? Did a little tear? Uh, yeah, it tear. tasted a lot like chocolate. Wow. And it's just really creamy and yeah, you can tell someone who really likes beer and appreciates it made it. I didn't have a crappy beer when I was out there. 
um, even their lager, like Jupiler, is like, yeah, this is good. Like, And then we rode back to the UK via Dunkirk. And the minute we crossed the border into France, the lovely canal side paths disappeared. And we were cycling on the roads. And I was like, oh, cool. This feels like I'm in London again. But it's really bad for my friend. Mm. So it made me realize the importance of having segregated cycle routes to help people who are not comfortable riding in traffic get there yeah because we are comfortable aren't we yeah and it doesn't affect doesn't us. affect us at all and how was your friend was she she was stressed she was definitely stressed out but she was like i'm gonna get over this i'm gonna get better like she had the right mindset to deal with it mm. so we ended up like every single day progressed further and further and faster because she was adapting adapting mm. where Good whereas a lot of people would have been put off like the first day we rode she, she got pinned in between a bus and a car oh i've got my head in my hands that's like <laughs> oh and it was it was the bus the bus was being a dick he he went down the route before she was able to get out and it's like dude you Clearly saw her, and you still went, and... Oh, what a great, um... First day, right yeah, in. Yeah, just like... Welcome to cycling yeah, in the city. Yeah, the hell that we live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so we're just... I'm used to it, I shrug it off, but I can I could see how... What it's like for a beginner. Overall, um, two thumbs up, five stars. I love Belgium. It's like a shit France. <laughs> And I fucking fucking loved it. It's great. Like it's I like totally... a shit France. Can't wait. <laughs> I want to go back. A plus plus. Would would Brussels again? <laughs> Brussels again. You've been up to since I've been we, gone. So we had a really popular uh, event at Look Mum No Hands on the twenty eighth of June. It was hosted by Sky Sports journalist Orla which is pretty rad. Get a good host for an event because it just made the whole thing so smooth. Mm. So wonderful. They know what they're doing. She was so good. It's like watching like a conductor. You know, she just, you speak now. Now you speak. <laughs> you didn't speak enough. Now you speak. <laughs> I knew this thing about you. Like she dropped a brilliant like, oh, I heard you had a terrible crash. Can you tell us about that? You know, and you're like, I was in the corner like, She's done her research. I was like, she's so good. She's so good. Wow. And she was interviewing Dame Kelly Holmes. Uh, Nikki Bramier from Bowles Doman's team, and we had uh, Haley and Hannah from Team WNT. The event was all about pro women cycling. So the four of them all discussed different aspects of cycling, how they got there, what they do now, how they keep going, all different things like that. So it was about an hour. I recorded it. I missed recording the first half of it. So I'm just going to play some little choice pieces for you now. No. Kelly, what's the biggest setback that you've had in your professional career, would you say, and how did you come back from that? At the end of the day, as I've proven and most people prove, you can all get out of the dark place, you can all move on, you can all su succeed and achieve your own dreams, you just got to believe in them. And that's the biggest thing I always say to people, is just never give up on what you want and adapt to things and changes and learn, make them a learning curve when they have a barrier, learn by it, you know, it's something new in life to, to work yourself out, but everyone can reach their full potential and everyone can give 100% their best and give themselves a pat on the back. Can I please ask a round of applause for that? That was pretty special. I think it's so refreshing how open you are as well as talk about, about mental health issues. Do you think, I mean, you say that it's talked about a lot more 
these days, but are, is there enough awareness in sport in particular? Is there is there a danger that it is the elephant in the room? We can't mention it because then there's the day, there's the worry, whether perceived, real, not, that it will give competitors an advantage. I mean, it's it's a really difficult area to address, isn't it? Yeah, it really is right across the board. You know, I, I do a lot of public speaking at corporates, and the corporates now are looking at that. You know, at that every level of talking about mental health and actually mental illness is what you know the word really is about, um, and how you can put systems in place to recognise it. You know, if you've got um, a physical disability anywhere um, in sport, there's adaptive chairs, there's you know handles, there's things that happen, and in the workplace they change the toilets or you know, they'll open the door for you, but when you've got something inside you that no one can see, because we all have to put on our front, we always have to put on our open the door face, you know, we always have to put our work face on, so there's things like that. In sport, um, well actually when I first ever came out about my uh, issues, it was two years, a year after I retired, and I remember, I went, no names, but a um, radio presenter, um, saying on the show that now I was no longer superhuman and um, I, you know, it made my success as not as, um, yeah, not as meaningful because I was now opening up to my weaknesses. Uh, all I did to that was two fingers and uh, started talking about it more because actually it makes me a stronger person. It makes people stronger people if they can talk and be open. The only way you can get help. And it also allows other people, because we're all, everybody has been through a bad time, whether it's that small or massive. Um, and actually, by talking, you help other people. When you make more awareness around the fact that we are all human, no one is superhuman. We're all just people trying to be the best we can be, and some have different talents. It's simple as that. And I want to say a big thank you to Anne Brule from Specialised. Me and her worked together on this event. And we did a shout out at the end. I was like, anybody who wants an event, you come and talk to me. I'm always keen to know what you want. And someone came up and was like, can you do an event about mental health in cycling? That would be really good. Yeah, like the, what they talked about that was really interesting in the talk was uh, one of the writers had had a really bad concussion and how she dealt with that. Mm. And you having symptoms that aren't like physically visible so you, you have like pains in your head or you feel weird and you can't do a lot and need to lie down a lot and that's a large part of mental health yeah yeah i've been tasked with that cool if any of you listening to this have ideas know somebody that might be useful specialized drop us a message should we introduce our guests <laughs> the this is the nsfw portion of our podcast yes please be aware you probably could listen to this at work, but don't let them hear you listening to this at work. We will talk about sex and porn. Naughty things. Oh, naughty <laughs> things. <laughs> so we're going to play a piece with our guest, and we're going to play that for you now. Please state your name. <laughs> and, and your purpose. <laughs> name and purpose. <laughs> oh, well, my name is Poppy Cox. Hi, Poppy. Hi. <laughs> so we have you on today. We would like you to tell us a bit about Bike Smart. Bike Smart is the world's only bicycle porn film festival. 
we take submissions of short movies about bikes and sex from people all over the world and we do not release DVDs nor do we put the movies online. We do live screenings all over the world. However, we're currently on a hiatus, but we have done nine years of programming. Nine. Nine. I knew it was a long time, but I didn't know it was nine. Have you been doing it for nine years? No, no, no. I've only, I went to Bike Smut, the premiere of Bike Smut 4 in Portland, and I had a identified as a bike sexual a few months earlier and also had come to the conclusion that I really wanted to make porn. And I was really into bikes like long before that. And I went, I went by myself because no one I knew, I didn't know very many people in Portland. And I was like, I gotta go. It sounds like the best thing ever. Uh, and it was the best thing ever. I was like, this is everything I want. In life. <laughs> And, and then, you found your yeah, 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 it was, and they, we show it, um, the premieres almost always during Pedalpalooza, which is the completely DIY, um, bicycle festival that happens in Portland every year. It is three weeks of too much bike fun. <laughs> it's way too much bike three fun. Weeks. Three oh, weeks. Three weeks. Three festival. Three weeks of just like <gasps> bike rides and bike insane. events. And it's not organized by like a higher being. You just like, they have the calendar and you just put whatever you want to do. Oh, amazing. Like we did one year they did, there's this like, I don't know, she's in her eighties drag queen who still does four or five uh, shows a week in this club that she owns downtown. But she's also, she's been running businesses in Portland since the sixties because she's like from Portland and because she can also be a he like can, could like sort of open businesses in the sixties. So like Mm. own the first lesbian bar in Portland, had the first espresso bar in Portland. So we put her in a pedicab and all got dressed up and we went to all these places and she talked to us about all the different, all her stories and businesses she owned. It was really good. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we show bike smut as part of pedal palooza and that year directly after they also have the Bowie versus Prince ride. (laughs) Every year with just a Bowie sound system and a Prince sound system. And um, so then Bowie versus Prince picked up everybody who was at Bike Smut and took them on a ride to meet another ride called the Midnight Mystery Ride. So it was like... This is amazing. It was like a triple decker bike fun. I do love Portland. It's wonderful. Tasty bike sandwich. Not Layered. Layered. So yeah. Onion. (laughs) It's more bikes. (laughs) What? But it's an end. So yeah, but then I wrote to Reverend Phil the next day. I thought that I was leaving to move back to London a few days later. uh, And I was said, I was like, Reverend Phil, I think that this is really great. I want to help you. I want to help you bring it to Europe. I'm about to leave. Let's meet up before I leave. And then we'll be in touch and figure out how how to bring it to Europe. I did leave, however, did not make it back into England and ended up in New York and then ended up back in Portland. But then um, only a few months later, we were on a plane to Berlin to do the first uh, Bike Smart European tour. And that was 63 shows in 23 countries in seven (laughs) it took about seven months wow so yeah we went as far as Ankara how's it funded oh self-funded self-funded yeah yeah we had yeah Reverend Phil covered our plane tickets and bought the van which we then sold at the end but um breaks even basically Mm -hmm. some shows are better than others we went from Scotland we did Edinburgh was like the furthest that way and then Ankara Turkey was the furthest the 
Wow. So yeah. So that was great. And then I carried on. We went around America, down around the south, and back up to Portland and hung out and then went across the north and then back down around the south, went to Mexico for two months. Did Mexico for the first time. He's now been back once or twice even to do shows in Mexico and then would sort of go back to Portland and take a break. And then I decided to move to Berlin instead of continuing to tour. Um, Reverend Phil carried on touring a bit. He started bike touring instead of car touring, which was really cool for him. Right. I like it when other people bike tour, but that, as much as I love riding a bike, I am not that interested in riding a bike all day, every day. Because... Uh, yeah, I'm a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like bikes, but I don't want to... <laughs> I, I, I love it. I guess I'm not really into camping or wilderness. I'm very much an urban cyclist, so... Like That's cool. Days of That's cool. <laughs> days of wilderness and camping and bicycle riding. But that's fine. He did find some really excited people, including Nelson on tour with us for Yay. a bit. That's so, yeah. To, yeah, one of the Mechanica, mechanics at LBK, LBK yeah. went on tour with Bike Smart, which yeah. is everything is connected. That was, and so Nelson is the reason why I ride a bike in the first place. Really? So, yeah, yeah. So, getting. What's the story? Is it a good yeah. story? It is it's quite a good story. <laughs> I met him in the Sky Rican. It was actually my birthday. 2008. I was at a show at Barden's Boudoir and was quite drunk wearing a cocktail dress and fell over a bunch of times. I think Christopher actually lifted me up loads and then I was like, oh. Then like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then I was like, then my dad called me out of the blue, which he I never speak to him. So like ran out. I was like, Ugh. then I had a band at the time and we were playing the next night at the Old Blue Last. And there I see the dude again, like in the front row. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And Nelson. Nelson and Nelson's our other row, funny. and our other friend Rakan. Um, uh, yeah, and I just went straight up to the mouth. I was like, "What are you doing here again? Who are you?" And they're like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "Clearly, I just played the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who I am?" <laughs> so, but, and then we went back. To, I was staying in a very strange place at the time. I was definitely in between homes, but we went and we partied. They had bikes. We did not have bikes. We met and we hung out and then passed out. He had to work in the morning anyways, but we just kind of kept hanging out. We got along really well, but I I did have a bike. It was extremely poor at the time. I, I was using this bike to get between my house and my bandmate's house because I couldn't afford to take the bus. But then it got a flat tire, which I couldn't. It was like this horrible mountain bike as well, and I got a flat tire, (laughs) and I couldn't fix it. And then I was like, oh, you're into bikes. Come fix the mountain bike. (laughs) Don't be a stranger. (laughs) Which was like in my then ex's house, like in the whatever, anyways. So we like sneak into my old house, like (laughs) fix the bike. Anyways, and he took me on a bike ride to... Camden and he said you're you're legally allowed to take the lane so you should take it because then the cars will mm, see you good advice and it totally made the world a difference I would I probably like because I'd ridden a bike a bit but I would always like but I'd never mm. like ridden it and then quite serendipitously found a quite nice sort of old school bike that was not locked 
in my, it was like in a, a state in a hawk. So I was staying at my friend's house. I was like, that's a weird place to lock a bike. That bike is not locked. Am I taking this bike? And I was like, like a, I remember the light shining. Yeah, no, it was very, take me. It was snowing. It had just started snowing. Like it was very weird. I was like, I like called my friend. I'm like, do I take, he's like, some rude boy's just going to take it and not do anything with it. Just take the fucking bike. Like if yeah. a bike's unlocked in an estate, it's like, take That's the bike. <laughs> and that was great and it worked for ages and then I just I don't know then I hung out with Christopher and he introduced me to all of his cool bike friends <laughs> and they were lots of fun and then I finally got the love of my life Mademoiselle Margot who was this old lady's bike and she's I basically slowly switched even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market all the parts out and Christopher gave me the hub off of his old Bianchi Pista uh-huh. that he used to have right which I still that hub is still running to this day <laughs> so yeah so I had this like funny fixed gear ladies bike for ages but I loved it that traveled the world with me and bike smut is all down to Christopher so to bring him on bike smut tour was like really sort of the ultimate thing so I was like I wouldn't full be, circle. yeah I would have yeah. never even been interested in this if it weren't for you so and now you get to come on tour with me and yeah so it was quite quite magical mm. yeah we talked about making little videos for bike smut but somehow incorporating sensual things in the workshop right. like little clips of videos <laughs> we started recording one where I really love scraping the um gunk that builds up on like uh, jockey wheels mm. and so you get a, like a flathead screwdriver and it's just like oh yeah <laughs> like oh, I can love this you know yeah. <laughs> really good Nels- yeah it also like-, like that would be the perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did have a, one of my favorite movies ever was called One in the Stink, which is, <laughs> was just a guy greasing the um, seat tube. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's not it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was a beautiful 30 second video of him just yeah. like 
Right. That's putting two fingers up, down and down. So yeah, I feel like you could, yeah, some nice together, short little yeah. clips would putting be... Putting together a bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted you to talk a bit about, I kind of want to share, I discovered Bike Smart in Bristol, because I went with my ex. He was like, oh, let's go to this show. It's like a weird, sexy bike thing. And I was like, I love bikes and I love sex. And I was like, <laughs> and we went and there's all these different uh, films. You had like some great people in the... <coughs> lobby bit doing a sex test thing you had to like answer these questions and you got given a certificate and you're like sweet I, yeah. I think the thing about the Bristol shows is it's such a good crew of people that helped me put it on and they're like and this person could do something and this person and this person I'm like yes I like, want all yes. of it I'm like I don't know what's going on <laughs> so yeah I totally believe you but yeah it was great I got given a little certificate saying like you're a bisexual and I was like yes I am <laughs> I wanted to ask that question though what is the definition of a bisexual? Well, for me, it's just that I probably am not going to sleep with you unless you ride a bike. Okay. Right. Um, I'm a bisexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm a bisexual. Like, like, maybe gender is not as important as the fact that you ride a bike. Because, yeah, if you ever, like, like chatting someone up at a bar, you're just like, then, like, it's that time you're like, wait, so let's go home. They're like... Let's get on the train. Like, like I what? have my what? bike. We're not gonna ride bikes there. Maybe I don't want to do this. Actually, and they look at you weird. Yeah. They're yeah. like, you rode a bike yeah. here, and they're like, you and they're didn't? like, just leave your bike locked here. And you're like, like no, yeah, it's like in a way, fuck off, yeah. no, <laughs> this is over. No, I, I accidentally did this one time in London. I was very drunk, but I was like, the whole next day I was just like, I woke up at some random person's house and I was like, the bike, the bike, I left it locked overnight in Camden. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth the panic at yeah, all. That is, yeah. Was that still there? Yeah, it was still there. Oh, yeah. good. And do that thing where you walk back to where you've left it. I've done it a few times and you're like, it's, it's not there. It's not going to be 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 there. And you go like around the corner and you're like, and then once I even I think I didn't look. Just, and then I was like, yeah. And all the people like walking around seeing you going like, yes. Totally. It's like a cold sweat. Yeah. That feeling is not worth it. I guess I wanted you to share just a bit more about the fact that people submit all their own films, which is kind of what really connected with me and made it really mm, magical. Yeah, yeah. It's when you talk about porn, when people think about porn, mm. they just think of the usual yeah. stuff you can find online, I guess, that isn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel very inclusive. Craft, like, fake, whereas the submissions are DIY. <laughs> very DIY, very real. I don't know. I made my first ever movie for Bike Smut. Because I had always, I like love film, but I'd always kind of avoided it just because I guess I like too much like an, of an emotional attachment because I didn't want to make a shitty film. Like I was too scared that I would make a terrible movie. Then, yeah, I made, the van broke down in Katerini, Greece. So we were stuck there for 24 hours and we did, I just did like a really simple solo video of just like me riding Mademoiselle Marco into the countryside and getting myself off and that was and I was really pleased with it and I learned how to edit because of Bike Smut so that's also very useful. I've now branched out I've made some non-bike porn <gasps> only one but you wait to, I've seen it wait, the Prince see, one yeah you made the Prince one yeah, you yeah. Saw the Prince oh one. yeah it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> 
But other than that, although now what I realize is a little bit annoying because I would like to maybe direct some non-porn is that the only thing that I have in my portfolio is porn. And you're just like, <laughs> that's so fun. It's the opposite, right? Yeah. There's people that want to make porn that don't have it in their portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> you got to like, start somewhere. I'm like, how do yeah. I show you my filmmaking skills without showing you my porn? I can't. Because I'm, yeah, I quite, yeah, I like, I like the films that I make. Oh, we want to talk about World Naked Bike Ride. You tried to, I guess, could you share? You tried to. Oh, yeah, I was, I was, I love the World Naked Bike Ride. And you've done it. Where have I done Naked Bike Rides? That's an excellent thought. Yeah. Definitely Valencia, Spain, which was very strange because it was warm and it's never warm. Like, you're never like, I'm comfortable. <laughs> because you're always somewhere more north where, like, even if it's summertime, it's probably going to be a bit chilly. Yeah. Um, I We did a, I'm going to go quote-unquote naked bike ride in Bucharest. It was a bunch of dudes with their shirts off and I was topless. And a bunch of girls kind of took their cardigan off like they none of the other girls were naked there was only like 10 of us then we got chased down by some not even cops like security guards <laughs> this is great <laughs> why because <laughs> we weren't allowed and then it was the dudes I guess because of my boobs right I guess it was because of my boobs and but the dudes argument was like it's just like we're at a barbecue you know <laughs> I got my shirt off she's got her shirt off <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm just walking away. These barbecues sound great. And then Portland. I've done the Portland one a few times, and that is fantastic. So many naked people. Crowd. Yeah, I was like, the do they get? I bet they get really nice. I think it's the biggest in the world. I think. Wow. It's like, yeah, nice. look it up online. Like, like, yeah, we'll, like, we'll, like, we'll link below. Like, That's what I normally do. Maybe a hundred thousand. Wow. Like, it's huge. Like the entire city is just. I want to go. Yeah, I was like, let's go. They shut down like the like biggest street that goes through, and it's no cars, all naked riders, and it just goes because you get quite spread out Mm. as it goes. But like the yeah, the start like the starting point is just jammed with people. Where else have I done a naked bike ride? Not in London. I never went on the London one because I think. I wanted to, I didn't ride a bike until sort of my last uh, couple years that I was living here, but it was always on a Saturday and I worked Saturdays. So that was, yeah. that was kind of the jam. And that's why I couldn't do it this year. We, were, yeah. we wanted to, dig, to go. I was busy this Yeah. Saturdays mm. is like. Saturday's a bad day. Yeah. 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 Sunday. Yeah. Guys. Sunday. Guys. <laughs> Excuse me. I'd like to get naked on a Sunday. <laughs> well, the Portland one is in the evening, which is nice. Oh, they do gorgeous. it. Yeah. Yeah. They started at like six or something, so I feel like that's yeah. Because also the London one's somewhere. quite early; it's like eleven a.m. Yeah, and they then do. you start and then you meet in the middle, and it ends at like three. But you know, and you're like, I don't yeah. want to get up early oh. on Saturday mm. to get naked. So. Mm. No, they have they have a daytime one in Portland. They have a bunch in Portland. But it's just all day. It's for like, three weeks. Friday, yeah. you bike naked the whole three weeks exactly. Uh. But the big big one is in the evening. But yeah, so I was going to do one in Berlin because when I found out they didn't have one, I was shocked. Um, and also because, you know, Germans love being naked and like bikes a lot as well. Yeah, um, they're good. So good enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> and so I went, but I went to the police to register it as a demonstration, and that was fine until like two days before when they called me up and they're like, it is forbidden now. <laughs> and I would have been quite happy to do it anyways, except for I am not a European citizen, so I do not want to jeopardize my visa in any way. Mm. And no other European people wanted to take that risk. If I had had more time with the sort of cancellation, I would have loved to either make a bunch of like stick on black um bars to like uh censor censor people uh, yes or just make like loads a... of loads of fake dick and vagina Mercus. like fabric Mer- or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fab- like but like really like ridiculous like, huge like really oversized yeah. i want to wear like <laughs> I want my half my lower half to be a vagina yeah yeah huge dong yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe an elephant yeah. head, like yeah. any of those things. Because that, that's a really fun way to combat it. It's just yeah. like, we're kind of comically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then also it just makes sort of them realize how ridiculous they're being by yeah. censoring you in the first place. It was barely any warning that they gave me before they canceled it. And I was just like, bummer. Um, and so many people were so pumped about it, but then not pumped enough to actually take it over themselves. The risk, yeah. Whatever. I guess I just shouldn't have registered with the police. But... What happened was, I think it was in Dresden, they had also applied for a like demonstration permit and uh, they they ended up going to court and a judge ruled that it was should be forbidden. And that's why then they said the Berlin one had to be as well. So maybe they're still fighting mm. for the right to ride your bike naked. They were, the Dresden people were going to go um, take it to court. But I do not speak that good of German that I'm going to, like, try and go through the German legal mm. system. Although it is one of my main motivations for learning German. <laughs> That's so <laughs> good. Not, not to go to court. No, to not for the nudity the, thing. Yeah. For fucking bike laws. Because they're as I feel like the Germans think that they're good at bikes. But they actually suck really? and are really far behind the times. It's like they did a lot of infrastructure but a very long time ago at this point and it really mm. is not functional particularly in Berlin I think other places are maybe better but not really yeah I just I get really sick of it um like one of my main main reasons for learning German is so that I can shout at drivers in German <laughs> great uh, you shout oh I have a variety of things ich darf auch hier sein or yeah, which is, I can also be here. Because sometimes they're like, get in the bike lane. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, that bike lane is the biggest pile of bullshit. Like, there's tree roots yeah, coming yeah, yeah, yeah. like this. Yeah. And people are walking in it. I can also ride on the street. That is not against the law. And uh, I also live in, like, the worst neighborhood for cycling in Berlin. So, yeah, there's a lot of just screaming at aggressive driver dudes. Well, they, is the lane's quite small. No, is it they're not. Like, I feel like it's much smaller in London. Um, mm. But yeah, people are not that pleased when you take the lane. One time I was going to take a left, so I was in the left lane, and this guy got extremely upset and then spoke to the dude, the cyclist dude that happened to be I'm like, did, like, basically, was like, does she belong to you? Oh, like, control your woman. And I was like, and he oh could, luckily, he was just like, she can't do that. She's taking a left, but like, was very, yeah, yeah. 
I do feel particularly like, I think as like a femme cyclist, you do get even that like extra level of bullshit. Mm. Um, yeah, I also say like, it's the Fahad Gazettes, like it's the bike law. That's another one. That actually has been quite effective. I've actually gotten people to shut up with that one because they do like laws in Germany. And they're, are they like, <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Oh. Yeah. Can you say it number two? Law. That always makes it sound better when you're like, it's law number 23 or whatever. Yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, yeah, I should actually. But that's the yeah. other thing you can't. It's very hard to find clear information on what the actual bike laws mm. are in Germany. I would love to do something like print a pamphlet yeah um, that in like multi, in like english german and turkish and just like put that all uh, in cars everywhere um or just have it to hand i was gonna people. say you should just hand it to them when they're showing yeah, yeah. at you i'd be like read read up learn yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> du kannst mir toten which means you can kill me ich bin nicht fair care which means i am not traffic yeah, so all of those. Also, I mean, I, one thing that I am very sure is the law in Germany is you're supposed to give, you're supposed to have one meter from yeah. cars and one and a half meters they're supposed to give you in space, which is huge. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, just change lanes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but then I, there was a video that a woman made because she was trying to read, like, why, uh, why is this so crap? Apparently, they don't even use the budget, the full budget for the cycling. They have a cycling budget, which they are not using. And they did this big survey of where they, of what cyclists wanted, which bits they wanted to be improved. And, like, of the, like, top five that they had, like, only half of one had been done. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really crap. And it doesn't make any sense. And then they get, like, these bike cops... <laughs> That's who are spending the money on. Yeah, who are not there to protect cyclists. They're d there to give cyclists tickets. And I'm just like, can you please work maybe a bit harder on giving all of these double parked people who are putting my life in danger tickets and not a, and not a cyclist, please, not a cyclist. Yeah, you think they'd be working with you, not against yeah, yeah. you. Usually, usually in America, especially bike cops are not there for cyclists. They're there because it's a best way to move through a community in an intimate fashion when you're in a car or even just walking around it's a different but like on on a like bike cops are generally sort of as far as cops go sort of the best um most personable people because they can be in different areas and yeah so but no the bike cops in germany are just there to fuck cyclists wow. just for yeah, oh yeah oh yeah you said, I thought, white cops. yeah i thought you were gonna you bike know police. yeah like this oh they're there to get through the street when mm -hmm. someone does something illegal because yeah, yeah. it's so much easier to chase somebody on yeah, a bike. yeah yeah totally. but they're there to chase yeah the cyclists yep cannot believe Shit. that yeah so um, <laughs> it's like my idea of hell it's like a fresh yeah. hell it's like oh, you've come to save me my friend <laughs> you understand me you too also cycle yeah. clever like why are you handing me a ticket you <laughs> yeah i've been i've been given a ticket for running a red light 120 euros wow. and they go up 20 euros each time it's the same as the car which is also stupid, which is something that should be changed because bikes what? are not cars. Um, it was like three. I was actually coming back from karaoke. Uh, it was like oh. three in the morning on a Sunday what? night, Monday. No one was yeah, around. And except for. Except for the cop car that was behind us. And we were like, why did oh. we not look? Why didn't we look? Oh, they were waiting. They, they were, were waiting. waiting. Yeah, I bet you'd already written it. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I 
did have like a drunken shout at them in German about how they needed to give more tickets to the double parkers, but I didn't know how to say double parking in German. So I was like, ah, double anhalten. I was like, they don't understand what I'm saying. Shit. So you know it now. Um, yeah. Uh, no, someone, a German did tell me and it was really simple, like double parking. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you would have just spoken German and then said it in English and then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I do throw that in quite. Oh, whatever. It was not a, the, my best shouting at, but hey, who knows? I do sometimes see them give tickets to double parkers, but not mm. often enough. Mm. And they also, and then we have the Ordnungsamt, which is the not the police, just. <laughs> I guess there it's like antisocial behavior essentially, but they're in charge of giving you a ticket if you ride on the pavement, which is a great one. Um, How much is that? If you get it's, I think it's only like 20 okay. euros, but it's still annoying. Still. But some of your bike lanes were like on the pavement? Exactly! Yeah. So exactly! It's really confusing. I like, what is the difference between yeah. this bit of pavement and that bit of pavement? I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, that all of these things are things that I think should be changed because I just don't understand. And I think there's so many fair weather cyclists in Berlin that no one actually gives a shit. It's very, it's like too, very relaxed. And there is, yeah. And so no one, they're like, it's fine. It's like the, the bike infrastructure is like just enough to not um, get people riled up. Except for me, I yeah. get very <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I'll keep working on my German specifically for that reason. Good. Um, yeah, I like it. Like motivation. German. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like, I did, I've met some, there's these cool guys called... Uh, Trafo pops that are they're oh, like Trafo pops. Yeah, yeah, I know them. Yeah, yeah, they're like, like LED bike vests. Clothing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and like program them yeah. all like rainbow and oh, it's yeah, they're super yeah. cool. And they, um, I think I met them because I gave one of them a flyer for the naked bike ride, and then it didn't happen because he was like, oh yeah, he's like, but can you I still wear my vest? And I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> I want an LED penis in China going across the vest. <laughs> but they're probably the closest I've met to like bike activists in Berlin. But they're they're also yeah they're also super into like nerdy fashion stuff. I don't know the the bike punk scene is not as strong as you want it to be because there's like the Kopi bike workshop where they build freak bikes. But I know those guys, but they like they're awesome and they do awesome events. But they also are not are more interested in fighting the police on a street level rather than trying to like get Go things through up. a court yeah. of law. But yeah. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm not planning on leaving Germany anytime soon. So I've got plenty of time yeah. to make it into my own personal utopia. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Poppy. Are we going to get out? Fidget spinner board? The vape? It's actually a vape, vape board. It's a vape Ouija board. You blow into it, and when you puff out the smoke, the smoke makes Vapes letters and shapes. <laughs> so we're sucking on a deep toke and blowing out, and the smoke spells the words Richard's Bicycle Book. A manual of bicycle maintenance. And enjoyment! <laughs> oh!
strawberry flavour. <laughs> so I'm holding in my hands a slightly yellowed, musty book mm. from the 70s. It's Richard's Bicycle Book. It's a book quite a few people have. They have different iterations of this book. I have a completely revised and enlarged version <laughs> illustrated by John Batchelor. Yeah, and so we've been reading from this book and we found that some of the points in this book from the 70s are still relevant today. Still relevant. We love you, Richard. Hashtag relevant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading from chapter 7. This one's a doozy. Dream, remote, sunfighter, dream, birthright. I don't understand. But it then goes on. Everybody has dreams and here is one of mine. Motorcars are banned from central areas of all major metropolitan regions. Yes. Yes, Richard. Yes, Richard. Yes. <laughs> yes, Richard. <laughs> Each city provides free bicycles with adjustable seats and handlebars or recumbent tricycles fitted with weather protection screens and large load luggage carriers. Yes. Yes, Richard. Yes. Richard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scattered about to be used as needed. Yes! There are repair centres throughout town, as well as special racks in which machines in need of services can be left. Yes. A dream? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> this is the age of the automobile, but the ecological and economic extravagance committance with use of the motor vehicles for private transport is so tremendous that they will of necessity go the way of the dodo bird. Yes! Yes, Richard! <laughs> In China, a country trying to embrace the fruits of technology as quickly and as efficiently as possible, there are 22,335 people for each motor vehicle. Eventually, motor vehicles have to go. When is a matter for speculation and debate, but it is highly unlikely that it will come to pass before the end of this century. In consequence, the immediate solution is to design total transportation systems in which the needs of all road and path users are met separately and without conflict. This is done by creating independent roads for motor vehicles, cyclists and pedestrians. Use of one particular type of road is not obligatory, The charm of the system is that it works so well that most road users prefer to use the carriageway designed for them. A dream? It has been done. (laughs) Stevenage, Hertfordshire. Stevenage? Yeah, I don't know about this one now, Richard. Hertfordshire. Oh, we can ask Carlton Reid about that. We'll ask you, Carlton. In existing built-up areas, however, cycle lanes, routes and trails are often a better compromise. Construction of a proper cycle path can await general redevelopment, although sometimes, if there is no suitable alternative, it cannot. This costs, but in the end, a lot less than sticking with what we have. Also, expenditures can be spread out over a period of time. For the most part, a great deal of special provision for cyclists can be made right away, with minimal construction and expense. Yes. What we are more likely to see is a long series of minor reforms tokenism and other concessions to public unrest Hmm. one day there might be a major smog disaster in which thousands of people will suddenly all die at once instead of piecemeal as they do now this might spur improvements which would ultimately save more lives than were lost but the power of vested interest in maintaining a motor age is such that there will probably be a long drawn out struggle and concessions will not be won without a fight 
So don't be too surprised if you are beamed at a bike-in by a club-swinging Bobby who calls you a dirty communist. And don't back off because of it. You have a right to live. Arguments which present the bicycle as economic, efficient, etc. are well and good. But the situation is extremely simple. Motorised transport is filling the air with deadly fumes and noise and recklessly wasting a dwindling supply of natural resources. People are being injured and killed. The right to live is your birthright and you will have to fight for it. The opportunity for radical change and transformation of revolution, of destruction, reorganisation and creation, if it comes at all, is a matter of individual assessment and decision. We all move according to our best understandings of right and wrong and ability to act. If the chance comes your way, take it. Wow. <sighs> Richard. Wow. <laughs> that was a that was a bit full I'm, on that one. Yeah. I felt like I channeled him there. I like <clears throat> Yeah, I feel the fire. <laughs> I need to smoke to chill out after that. Well, I can see in the air it's saying, you have a right to live in the smoke. <laughs> On that note. Heavy stuff. Thanks, Richard. If you like Nothing's the- changed. <laughs> or it hasn't. Nothing's Damn it, that right. one's still the same. Fucking right. He is right. Uh, if you like what we do, please like. Like. Please subscribe. Subscribe. Please share, share and review. Review. We'll see you soon. See you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.